You're listening to City Church Long Beach Sermons. Visit us at citychurchlongbeach.org. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Brenna Rubio, and I'm one of the co-pastors here at City Church of Long Beach. And it is just really, really good to be with all of you this morning. A special welcome to our folks on Zoom. Uh, I know we're trying to work out a few little little things with the Zoom experience this morning, uh, just because we have a slightly different um, connection set up this morning. Uh, but we're so glad. We're so glad that you're here and sticking with us. Um, I hope you guys have had a good weekend. I've heard all sorts of stories already this morning from really fun things like going on hikes and some of us who went into beach streets yesterday here in Long Beach. And also people who are like, man, I just, I just had to take some time to breathe um, because it was such a crazy week. And Man, I, I went to a funeral yesterday. So everybody is coming in this morning with different things, different experiences. And we just want to say out loud, you are all welcome here with everything that you bring, every emotion. We're just glad that you get to be your church. Because here at City Church, we do our best to be a radically welcoming community on the journey towards Jesus, joining him in the renewal of all things. So thanks for coming and being part of that vision. We, we can't do it without all of you. Uh, every week, we like to spend a little bit of time praying for our kids and also the kids in our wider community. And so this morning, would you all join me as our friend uh, Met Megan Clendening is going to come up and lead us in prayer for our kiddos. Yeah, welcome her. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. You're so nice. <laughs> would you all pray with me? Dear God, Thank you so much for this day, and I thank you for the children with us and who are not with us and those who are with us on Zoom as well. I thank you for all that they teach us, and I pray that us caregivers and teachers and family members, we all help them to see how much they are loved by you and by those around them. Um, I pray for their health and safety, and I pray for their happiness as well. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, Megan. Hey, kiddos, if you would like to, you can come over and join Megan and some of the other adults who are going to be helping out this morning over here by the door. You're always welcome to stay in service, kids. Uh, but if you'd like to go out for some fun times and stories and good stuff like that, you are welcome to do that as well. Yay, here they go. Yeah, have a good time. And then, friends, we want get to welcome up our friends Bill and Dottie, who are going to be preaching for us this morning. Would you welcome them with me? <laughs> Thanks, Brenda Rubio. So I'm the other co-pastor uh, around here, and, and Dottie Olson is what we call a pastoral resident, or pastor in residence, or yeah. just guru works, whatever kind of you're in the mood for. We do this every single time I'm on this stage, Bill and Brenna go, Uh, is her mic on? I hear me, which I really like, but is there, is there a, let's see. Let's Should I turn it on? I think you have to turn the power on. All right. Yeah, it's like. And this is why I'm in love with you. <laughs> <laughs> right, hold on, let me flip the mute, and now, boom. All right, we're boom. live. All right. Look at that. Great. Boom. Well, good morning. Um, yeah, it's great to be here with you all. Like we said, my name's Dottie, this is Bill, uh, and we are in a series on the book of Jonah right now, 
And a lot of the ways we've been talking about it is through stories. Bill and Brenna talked about the importance of telling our stories. Last week, we heard from Arturo. He told some of his story. And this week, we're going to continue with this, this story narrative within the book of Jonah. We're going to talk about the story in Jonah. We're going to talk about another story in the New Testament. And then we're going to talk um, with someone in our congregation about his story and how he understands some things. And we are going to focus on how do we think of people that aren't Christians? How do we think of people that are from different religious backgrounds than us? What does the Bible say? What are some ways we can just chat about that? I don't know what you all are coming in when I say that, but I'm excited. It's a complicated question, and it's going to be a fun one that we're going to wrestle with this morning. So before we do that, I want to invite up our scripture reader, Patrick. Um, Yeah, come on up. Thanks, Patrick. Come on down. And typically around the city church, when we remember, we ask people to stand for the reading of scripture. great wind upon the sea, the sea, and such a mighty storm came upon the sea that the ship was ready to break up. Five, then the sailors were afraid, and he cried to, this, to his God. They threw, it, they threw the cargo that was in the ship in, into the sea to lighten, the, to lighten it up for them. Jonah, meanwhile, had gone down, sorry, my eyes are red, had gone down and was fast asleep. Six, the captain came and said to him, what are you doing sound asleep? Get up. Call on your God. Perhaps the God, perhaps the God will spare us and us a thought, a thought so that we did not perish. Seven, the sailors said to one another, come, let us cast lots so that we may know on those on whose account the calamity has come upon us. They cast lots. And the lot fell on Jonah. Eight, they, they said to him, tell us why this calamity has come upon us. What is it? What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And what people are what people are you? Nine, I am Hebrew, he replied. I have worshipped the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Ten, then he then the men were even more afraid and said to him, What is what is that you have done? For the men knew that the Lord fleeing from the presence of the sorry, from the men knew that he was fleeing from the, from the presence of the Lord because he had, he had told him so. Eleven, then they said to him, what shall we do to you? And the sea may, may quiet down upon us. For the sea was growing more and more uh, temp- tempestuous. Twelve, he said to them, pick me up and throw, it, throw me into the sea, and the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that a great storm has come upon you. Thirteen, nevertheless the men rode hard, bring the ship back to the land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more stormy against them. Fourteen, they cried They cried out to the Lord, praise, O Lord, we pray, do not let us perish, uh, perish on account of the man's life. Do, we, do not make us guilty of innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done, have done as it pleased you. Fifteen, so, so they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea, and the sea seized it's rage from its raging 16 then the men feared the lord even more and offered a sacrifice to the lord and made vows 
17, but the Lord provided a large fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. People that got Thanks be to God. Thank you so much, Patrick. I personally hate reading like in front of crowds, and that was a long one, and I'm really grateful I didn't have to do it. Thank you so much. So, Bill, what do you think about this text? Yeah, all right. So this is fun. So we're not just, I just want to let you know, we're not going to get to the big fish. That's next week. It's going to be a riot. We're going to have fun. We're going to laugh. We're going to cry. That's next week. This week, we're talking about these these crazy sailors, right? And Jonah, and, the sh- and they're on this ship, and Jonah's trying to get away from God. Like, there's this big storm, and Jonah's like, oh, man, it's this is my fault, right? But so you'll notice some things about these sailors, right? They, uh, they each cried out to their own God, right? So they, they're in a port city, people from different cultures and backgrounds. It's a little bit like, anyone know any port cities nearby? Like, like Long Beach, <laughs> right? And you look around Long Beach, and Long Beach is more diverse than a lot of other cities, in part because it's a port city. People ship in, right? And so what happens is, when Jonah gets on this boat, he's from all over. And when people come from all over, guess what they bring with them? They bring their religion, mm-hmm. right? Wherever they grew up, the gods that they worship, the religion that they practice, they, they brought that with them. And so when things go south, what do you do? You, you cry out to your God. You're like, oh, my, what? help, right? And that's what they're doing. They cry out to God. They throw a bunch of the cargo overboard to make the ship lighter to see if that helps. I mean, they're, they're, they're trying anything not to go down in the storm. And finally, they figure out, like, hold on. There's someone missing, right? Because Jonah, it says, he, he went down, fell asleep, right? He was a good, true believer, really caring about the fate of his friends, just sleeping through it, right? It's a great moment. So we have to ask ourselves some questions, like, why is this story in the Bible? Why is there this story about Jonah who brings one true God, Yahweh, and all these unbelievers, all these people who believe in other religions, those people. And you notice there's a lot of tension in this text. There's a lot of, like, The Bible at various parts really struggles with this idea of other gods and other religions. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, we're not reading from the entire Bible today. That would, take, that would be a really long reading, Patrick. Um, we're just looking at this text, and God has given it to us as a gift. So what do we know about people of other religions from this text? Well... Number one, we find they're very diligent. There's a situation, there's a crisis, they try to make it better. Right? They're working really hard to make the situation better. Whereas the true believer is doing nothing. It might make you feel a little bit like, I don't know, what's, what's that like? Maybe 
Say, for example, there's um, a lot of racial tension in our, in our culture. And, and people are coming to an awareness, like, oh, maybe black lives matter. And so a lot, of, a lot of us churches, what do we do? We just take a nap there while other people try to make it better. That, that's what's going on here. That's a parallel, right? Or think about COVID. Right? What do so many of, our, of us who are true believers do? We stick our heads in the sand. Right? We, while a lot of folks of different religious backgrounds are actually trying to help. And by true believers, too. There's a little bit of this. <laughs> there's, going a, on, right? there's a little bit of this. We're yeah. going true believer. <laughs> Right? A little yeah. bit. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm obviously the one who got it all right, but other people are still trying to... Yeah. That was a joke, too. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah. So the true believer, Jonah, right? Totally sacked out. And then you look at this idea of, of religious faithfulness. Jonah is clearly not talking to his God. They're, they're not tight. He's not praying. He's not doing anything. Whereas these folks from other religious backgrounds are praying to their gods. They are seeking, they recognize there needs to be a spiritual answer. There needs to be more than just what, what I, I see. I'm doing what I can do, but I'm asking for intervention. So you would actually say that they are faithful, and Jonah, the true believer, is not. And then there's this sense in which the, you know, they, they come to Jonah and they say, uh, hey, the lot fell on you. What's going on? And he tells them. He's like, this has got to be God. Like, I money. And they're like, oh, my word. And, he, and Jonah tells them, just throw me into the sea and it'll be fine. Kind of funny. I mean, it, yeah, you could, like, Jonah's a very funny book. But do they do that? No. It, it, it says, instead, the men did their best to row back to land. That's in verse 13. Jonah says, throw me into the sea. I've caused you all these problems. And, and, but no, these sailors, they are full of compassion. They're demonstrating love. And they keep trying all the way. They don't want to throw Jonah into the sea. And when they finally do, they're like, we're really sorry about this. We don't, you know, we don't want to throw him into the sea, but we're going to because he told us we have to. And, and then it says, they cried out to Yahweh in verse, 11, four, verse 14. They actually talk to Jonah's God. Where Jonah doesn't. And I don't know about you, but I actually have a lot of friends who don't claim sort of the Christian title, who sometimes they talk to God more than I do. Mm -hmm. That's what Jonah is trying to point, that, that, that's what this book is pointing out. Like, the people who aren't supposed to know God are demonstrating diligence, faithfulness, prayerfulness integrity, all these things. 
It's, a, it's, it's very in your face here. It, it's, it's meant to be. And then they do one other thing that I, I just think we have to, to, to mention. They, uh, in verse 10, they say, what have you done? They point out his hypocrisy. Now, I don't know if you've ever been around someone who doesn't go to church, but on occasion, they might point out some hypocrisy in the church. <laughs> I don't know where they come up with that idea, because obviously pastors like me have it all together. But they somehow have this laser vision to say, what have you done? What do you, that doesn't line up with what you're supposed to do. And here, it's the, it's the unbeliever, the other religious people who really graciously point out, like, you're not living what you say you're supposed to live. And God has put this in Scripture for us to think about. To say, ooh, wow, what am I going to do with that? Yeah. So good. So this this passage in Jonah, a lot of people have taken different interpretations on this passage. I always love to say this, like disclaimers when I talk about text, because this is an interpretation we're taking, right? Some people, this text is an anthem for interreligious dialogue. This text is also found in other religious traditions. It's in uh, the, the story of Jonah's in the Quran. Like, this is a text where a lot of people are like, this is so great for talking with people from different religions. For a lot of people, that's how this text functions. For many people, the book of Jonah is all about missions, and there's more of an interpretation of converting, right? So there's, and there's other interpretations that we could take too. So we are coming out at this text, paying attention to how are people from different religions talked about. Right? This is just the one, the one little insight we're trying to pay attention to. And, and as, as we're talking about this, I've been reminded of the story that Jesus tells um, about the Good Samaritan. Right? There's this story, one of the most famous Jesus stories, and it's found in the book of Luke. And someone comes up to Jesus, this, this person that keeps the law, and he asks Jesus, how do I get eternal life, right? How do I get eternal life? And Jesus is like, well, what, what is written in the law? And the person says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he's like, yes, that's the answer, and, and go do that. And then the person goes, wait, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? So to tell the story of how to get eternal life, Jesus talks about this parable called the Good Samaritan. And many of us reference, like, the Good Samaritan. Nonprofits are named after this, right? It's, it's a really famous story. And I'm going to read it really quickly, the story of the Good Samaritan. So it says, and this is Jesus telling us this story or a parable, right? A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. 
him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down from the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So, too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. Next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to an innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. So a little bit of context. A priest, right, we, there's, there's three people that are going by this person in deep distress. Right? Imagine someone on the side of the road in deep distress. Physically had just been beaten, robbed. First person passes is a priest. Doesn't, doesn't pay attention. Next person passes is a Levite. So a, another type of like being in the religious center. Passes, doesn't do anything. The third person to pass is from Samaria. And and this would kind of be a religious other or, uh, or even like an enemy to some people. But there's, it's definitely not a part of like the, the, the group, right, that Jesus is talking about. And it's the person from this different religious background that stops, that has deep compassion, right? Like there's this, this story is written with such amazing um, like imagery of this person showing compassion, being with someone vulnerable. And, and the story ends with Jesus saying, which of these do you think was the neighbor who fell into the hands of, uh, to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? And the, uh, and the person replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. The person that Jesus is saying to be like is the person that is from a different religion. It's pretty radical, right? That's a really interesting take. And, and let's go back to how this story started. That Jesus is asked, how do I get eternal life? And to answer the story of how to get eternal life, Jesus does it through the parable of someone from a different religion. I don't know about you, but I don't really hear that talked. I, I don't talk about that too much, right? Like to get eternal life. And in the, in the story of Jonah, it comes back to, to these sailors praying to God, right? To Yahweh. And then in this story, we don't actually have a conclusion. It's kind of a cliffhanger. Jesus isn't saying, oh, the Samaritan then worships the same God as us. It's, it kind of just leaves us as, no, go and do likewise as this other person. Really interesting. It challenges me to think about how am I thinking about who is the person that's doing the saving, right? And, and I, I do want to be clear. There are plenty of passages in the Bible that really, really draw some hard lines on, like, how to think about people from different religious backgrounds and with different beliefs. 
This is just a passage where we're like, huh, similar to Jonah. Huh, what's going on here? And what is this inviting us into? And one of my big takeaways is that I think Jesus is sharing this kind of provocative story to help us move out of I have the right belief system, I have the way, I'm going to conver- like convert other people to shifting away to, oh, my neighbor actually has something really important to teach me and might have something really important to care, like my neighbor can care for me, right? It's, it's a shift in thinking. Yeah, what are, you, what are mm. you thinking about, Bill? I'm thinking about that. <laughs> I'm thinking about Jesus being subversive and honoring people of different religious traditions. And I'm like, you know, I, how many of you heard that honoring other religious traditions in your religious life growing up? Show of hands. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a little thing, but I mean, there's no one here. Right? I mean, this is not, this is not what we've been taught. And it's a little provocative. And what I want us to do is I want us to sit in some tension here for a minute. Okay? Um, you know, Dottie knowledge is like, hey, about this and being saved and that and the other. Um, whatever being saved is. This is not one of those. And this passage doesn't answer, like, oh, so did they have all their beliefs all lined up there? Like, did they go back to Jerusalem instead of back to being sailors? You know, in the Jonah story or the Good Samaritan story? Like, the stories do not, I think, intentionally do not answer those questions. They do not try to make it neat and clean. Mm-hmm. It's actually a lot like our lives. And so we're going to sit in that tension. Okay. Yeah, what do, what do I think about Hinduism? What do I think about Islam? What do I think about my friends who grew up Christian, like me, and yet now don't claim to be Christian? What, what do I do with that? And so I want us to think for just a second. I, I, I want to ask a couple of questions that I think and Good Samaritan are asking that I think the Holy Spirit is asking us to actually think about. I mean, this is Jesus' most popular story, the one that's still around so much today. I think he's still asking these questions for us. So, what are your assumptions? What are your assumptions about people of different religions? What have you been taught? What's, What's inside of you when you think about people who have different religions. We're going to actually just take a deep breath or two, take a moment on your own here, and just stand. Let's think about it. And think Go through your mind, like, who do you know, your friend at work, your neighbor, your spouse, your family member, who, who, who's on a different spiritual journey than you? 
not noticeably different. Do you, do you have a couple of names in mind? Yeah, I see a couple of people. All right, now with, with this, we're, we're, we're holding these people gently in our minds. And now, I believe the question that we're supposed to ask according to what Scripture is teaching us, what do you respect most about them? Where have they been kind to you? And perhaps the biggest question, the question that the texts truly ask, where have you learned about God from them? Those are great questions. Interreligious dialogue, well, um, I'm inviting up my husband and our crying baby. Yes. <laughs> this is Jesse and our baby Beckham. Yay. Hi, Bex. Hi, bye-bye. Hi, cutie. That guy. Hi. Some people around City Church call him Hammy. <laughs> just one person? Is it just me? Yeah, that's for you. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I've invited Jesse up, and I just love it. We constantly have, like, just slobber over us. <laughs> it's great. Um, I have invited Jesse up because he's someone that has really helped me um, gain some perspective with thinking about people from different perspectives. And um, as I was so excited, uh, Bill and I are like these extroverts that are like, let's talk about everything. Let's just be vulnerable and ask all the questions. And I was like, Jesse, you got to be a part of it. And he was like, what in the world? I don't want to talk about stuff. Like, I am way more introverted and private. So thank you for being here. And of course. Yeah. And even our like way of me like, oh, these are the questions I'm going to ask you. Like, we were we were speaking different languages and we both were cracking up of like yeah that's the point of this sermon is like we're not we're not thinking about things the same way and it's wonderful i was a little combative yeah <laughs> different languages um yeah but like and so it was just fun for us to laugh at ourselves and go this is the point is like how are we in relationships with people that think a little differently than us so, Jesse, to start us off, how long have you been at City Church, and um, what brought you here? Uh, I have been here for around 10 months, right before he was born, and I am here because of you. Yeah. <laughs> so she dragged you here? Not dragged, but I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, this, is, this is great. I, I come on my own volition. It's great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay, can you tell us about your religious background? Yes, uh, my dad is a pastor, so I grew up in the church. Um, they're part of the Christian Missionary Alliance, so um, not the entire time, but he founded a church when I was young and like 
like five or six years old probably um, as a pastor before then. So I grew up in the church um, for as long as I can remember. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's the whole background there. I'm that stereotype of the middle child of a Christian pastor who now looks at things a little differently. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So can you tell us, like, what is your experience of, yeah, of different religions? Um, what have you learned? Like, what have you experienced? And, yeah, start us off there. Yeah. Um, I think I've taken it back more to when I started thinking a little bit differently than what I was raised in. Um, oh, actually, can you start with telling us about, sorry, yeah. um, about when, how did you view other religions when you were a kid? Good question. Um, I think, so when I was younger, maybe seven or eight, you know, you've been in church for a amount of time, you've heard all the stories, you've done everything, and so uh, I remember asking my, when we were driving the car, and I was like, so do Catholics go to heaven? Because they're not Christian. And so that was kind of the perspective of a very young child in that. Of like, and my mom was like, no. Like, we're like, what are you talking about? Like, that's No, of course they do. Yes, like in this whole framework of heaven and all those things. But that was the way that I was operating was I was like, well, they're not technically in our group. Technically, as a seven-year-old can piece all that together. So that was, that was my, uh, my perspective at that age and for um, you know, probably a little while after that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Okay, so tell us about how it began to shift. And thanks all for just rolling with Beckham. It's great. Yeah. Um, it began to shift probably in college. Um, my sophomore year just started looking a little bit more um, at the way things were taught, like a lot of what Phil was saying earlier of like this message can be taught a lot of different ways. Um, this is how we look at it and what you were saying as well with like interreligious dialogue. But um, the ways that I was taught was uh, – a lot of condemnation, a lot of those type of narratives, and so I just thought, this is crazy, this can't be the only way, so started looking into other, um, really other voices within Christianity, so like, like Father Richard Rohr um, was a huge inspiration of him, well, I was born, he said he was born in Kentucky in the 1950s, he's like, so of course I was a Christian, but if I was born in India, I'd probably be a Hindu, so kind of just giving a little bit more of that, take a step back, and look at like maybe there's another way to think about it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, really since then just looked at kind of just did my own investigation to a lot of different other um, cri like Christian traditions, um, Hare Krishna, Hinduism, Muslim. Um, yeah, just a lot across the board. Yeah. And yeah. can you tell Judaism. us? Yeah. yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about like our time on the East Coast and some of the relationships that we made out there and yeah. Yeah, so uh, with the church that we were going to um, there, they um, would host Ramadan dinner um, for a lot of the people that were involved in the church um, there. And so we're able to kind of go to their, like learn about this culture that we really had no experience in um, here on the, uh, on the West Coast going to school in San Diego. It wasn't as prominent of a thing. Um, and so being able to be there and learn more from these people who had, you know, just different perspectives and different um, traditions that they were able to just fold us into seamlessly. Um, it was, uh, it was great. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. 
Yeah, and I'll share a little bit about this. We lived on the East Coast, and I had I was working at a church um, that was really involved with um, immigrant communities out there, and we would literally host events for folks of different religions, not with, like, an agenda to convert, but, like, oh, let's break bread together. So if they were, like, okay, we're celebrating Ramadan, like, we would go and, like, help bring the food and all of that, and Jesse would he always tags along with me. And so we got to learn a lot about like experiencing community with people from different religions. And it was great. I don't know how we're going to get through this. This is hilarious. (laughs) Becca was just so funny. Um, Yeah. So thank you for sharing that, Jess. And how has that shaped, how has like learning about different religions and being in relationship, like you are have so many relationships with people from different religious backgrounds. How has that shaped your own faith or spirituality? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's a, a few things, but partially brought it from this life or death game to rather different ways of living, um, of damnation to salvation, and just saying, I don't know if either of those really matter in the end. Um, kind of like what you had said earlier was, we're all, uh, at our best, we're saying all the same things, just in a different language. Um, and then at our worst, we're, you know, ostracizing and condemning anyone who's different. So I think being able to take a different approach of saying, like, this is just how this person views the world. You know, they're, we're all saying the same thing, just yeah. a little bit differently. And that's okay. Yeah. And, and, and for you, like, how have, do you feel like you're, distrustful towards all religions but like mostly just christianity yeah <laughs> <laughs> and maybe it's a whole different sermon that's amazing and so just a little more distrustful towards christianity but maybe like more curious and open to other religions yeah yeah totally yeah. um yeah with the natural curiosity totally um and even just the the distrust you know joke towards Christianity is just that was the tradition I was raised in, where someone else might have that same kind of distrust for the tradition that they were raised in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. And I've watched you beautifully, like, be in relationships with people that are from, with, like, Christians, with um, folks that are LDS, with Hindus, with mm-hmm. Muslims, with, yeah, like, just so many people from different traditions, and I think you're really skilled in having grace even though you have some skepticism and angst and in that you're really yeah you're really good at that okay so what coaching would you give us to like you're married to a a pastor what (laughs) um like what coaching would you give us on like what feels yeah like how do you want folks that are christian or folks that have a different way of viewing some of this than you, like how do you want them to to treat you? Like what has felt good relationally? Um, I think knowing that uh, like in the end, it's, it's probably all gonna work out. You know, it's gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I, I think the hangout for a lot of more evangelical type of faith traditions are um, it's this this life or death thing, like I said earlier, of just like it's all or it's nothing or it's heaven or it's hell, where um, I don't know, I think what we're doing here right now is, is a lot more important than all the rest of the stuff after and before is going to work itself out. Yeah. Um, so that's, I think, being in relationship with one another is um, a, we're very concerned with uh, their soul, but 
like what about the person that's in front of us and like who they are and what they're doing here yeah. with us now so kind of full circle heaven on earth we are creating that or not yeah 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 that's so beautiful yeah yeah i think phil do you have anything i, I do I, so i have one question for you guys. yes so so you're married to a pastor. Yes. And you have. And I knew that going into it. <laughs> you did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's your own fault. Oh, yeah. I yeah. walked yeah. right into it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so what um, what has Dottie done well? I mean, I'm sure she's done plenty of other things. But yes. <laughs> I, we don't need to go there. Plenty. But what has she actually done well? I want to hear, like, you know, which one or two things in terms of, like, as you've gone on your own spiritual journey, which yeah. looks different than hers, mm -hmm. what... Uh, I'll take this. What is going on? Um, she has given me uh, a lot of space to explore um, and take time to do that. Um, but also kind of, you know, probably five or six years ago, we talked and you said, I don't really care where you end up or what that looks like, but um, I had to keep pushing and keep looking. You know, it couldn't just be the stagnancy. You know, this is like too important of uh, – for human development, for just who we are as people, but um, you know, I it doesn't matter I what. Said it that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as long as long as it's not stagnant, she's like, I don't, I don't care. Just keep going. Keep growing. Yeah. Keep yeah. growing. Yeah, yeah. All of it. So yeah, yeah. that's what she, I think she's done really well. Yeah. And preaching with a baby. <laughs> she does that well too. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. yeah. And so, and I, I, I want to say, like, I, I. Oh. We won't want to crawl. Um, okay, maybe we'll clap you off. Uh, thanks, Jess. <laughs> and Beckham. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, I wanted to say, I, yeah, some of my training um, with psychology, like, has been around, like, interfaith conversations. And so I actually, like, Jess and I not always believing the same things like I'm really grateful for that it's really enriched our marriage and I also have like a some hesitation with sharing um about that because I think I'm I, I and I was telling Bill like I'm nervous because it's it's really good and beautiful but it's hard and it takes a lot of work and so I don't want to paint this picture of like being in relationships and deep intimate relationships friends, family, romantic partners, like, I don't want to paint it as this picture of, like, you believe something different, I believe something different, that's awesome, kumbaya, like, I don't want it to be that, um, it's actually taken a lot of hard work for us to, to really, like, have compassion and understanding, and it's been so beautiful to be on that journey together. Him and I have been together for 10 years and married for five. So we've grown a lot and, um, and gone through a lot of different stages. Um, and and it's, it's hard work. So I think if you are someone that's like finding yourself in relationships, whatever form, that are um, someone's thinking a little differently about things than you with spirituality and faith, Sometimes anxiety can come up. Sometimes it can feel disorienting. Sometimes it's hard to feel like we're landing on the plane or there's like an existential crisis, right? Of like, well, if you think this and I think this and who's right? Like there's, there's a lot that can come up. It's not just this, it's not as simple. Um, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to overly simplify it. 
But I do want to just bring us back to the, these, these passages, right, in, in the Bible that are kind of helping us think a little differently. The story in Jonah, the story of the Good Samaritan, Jesse the PK, like the pastor's kid, like, and Mary Joe Pastor, like, his story of thinking about things a little differently. It's a good invitation for us to just ask, who am I learning from? What are the, some of the attitudes I have towards folks that are thinking differently than, than me? How can I grow in my own capacity to feel secure in myself and also to feel really open to learning from my neighbor and being cared for by my neighbor, not just being the one that gives, but also letting our neighbors teach something to us that's different, right? For me, that's, that really started to begin when I was living on the East Coast and celebrating Ramadan. Just beautiful, beautiful invitation to learn from my neighbors, to learn about their traditions. Yeah, just want us to sit with that today. And again, we're not trying to solve things. There's a lot of question marks with this one um, and in these texts. Rebecca.